Hello, and welcome again to another episode of Five Plain Questions, a podcast that proposes five questions to Indigenous artists, creators, musicians, writers, movers and shakers, and culture bears, people in the community that are doing great things for their communities. I'm Joe Williams, your host for this conversation. I'm director of Canada, the Native American programs at the Plains Art Museum. My goal is to showcase these amazing people in our Indigenous communities from around the region and country. I want to introduce you to Tessa Sayers. Tessa grew up in Washington State on a small llama farm. She's a certified Native artist with her tribe and a citizen of her tribe, the Turtle Mountain Band of Chippewa from North Dakota. She has worked within Indie Country for over 20 years while obtaining her BA in Sociology with a focus on Native American Studies from Western Washington University. She was the co-director of the Native American Mentoring Program at WWU and spent time on the Lumi Reservation tutoring and mentoring youth. In 2005, she moved to Utah, attending a master's in education in educational psychology at the University of Utah. From 2007 to 2010, Tessa was a high school counselor at Naya ECA, a Native American high school in Portland, Oregon. There, she transitioned to the Nike World Headquarters at Nike N7, a brand within Nike that inspires and enables Native and Indigenous youth to be more physically active. After meeting her husband, she moved back to Port Orchid, Washington, and became a marketing manager for the Kitsap Regional Library. Currently, she's the Director of Marketing and Program Development for the American Indigenous Business Leaders, overseeing marketing and student mentoring. She is also the owner and designer of her own brand, Soul Curiosity, inspiring healing through art. Her evenings are spent in the country with her husband and their two fur babies, Tool and Rolo, and a farm cat, Boo, and six chickens. So. Let's jump into this conversation with Tessa. Tessa, thank you so much for joining us at Five Plain Questions. It's so great to have you here. It's finally great to be able to meet you. So great to be here and meet you as well. Uh, Would you be able to introduce yourself? Uh, Tell us a little bit about your background, what you do, where you're from. Absolutely. Buju, Nindawe Maganiadog, Tessa Sayers, Indigenicaz, Megidi, Nindo Dem, Mikinak Waju, Inishinabe, Metis Kwe, Port Orchard Ninda. Hello, my name is Tessa Sayers. I'm Turtle Mountain Chippewa. My tribe resides in North Dakota. However, I live in Port Orchard, Washington with my husband, six chickens, cat, and two dogs. I grew up on a small farm in Washington State, uh, a llama farm. We had 14 llamas. I did 4-H with them from age 5 to 18 and then did some professional llama showing and training and grooming as an adult for a while as a hobby. I'm also an artist. I started in watercolor, beadwork, then graduated toward graphic design. In 2017, I started my own small business and holistic brand called Soul Curiosity in an effort to translate my personal healing journey through art, using a variety of mediums to tell stories, empowering others to cultivate self-love, embrace vulnerability, heal inner wounds, and live more courageously. I think that's that's so wonderful. And I think that's um, how I came across uh, what you're doing is on social media. Thank you. For, yeah, I really, it's hard to put yourself out there and be vulnerable and I was struggling with anxiety, specifically agoraphobia. It's a form of anxiety. And at the time, I was more recently diagnosed with an autoimmune disease. And I felt so disconnected and didn't have a lot of people to help me on my journey. And so when I started 
building my resources and tools and things that were healing for myself. That's kind of where soul curiosity came about is I wanted to share those experiences with others. So other people didn't feel so alone. Hmm. So I wanted to ask you about your influences. Uh, Mm -hmm. Of course, uh, your artistic influences, but also on this journey that you're on and uh, this, this platform that you've created. Absolutely. I would say biggest influences um, native wise, I would definitely say Christy Belcourt. She's a Métis painter and artist most everybody knows her, if not Google her. She's just beautiful artwork. And I would say as a from a beadwork perspective, Jamie Akuma, she's also brilliant, amazing at beadwork. And so I was very inspired there from a native art perspective. In terms of personal development and the in the growth mindset arena, I love her name is Dr. Shafali. Uh, she teaches a conscious parenting. And learning how to love the inner child within before loving the children before you. I have taken her master class over the last year. And it's really learning how to parent yourself um, as I'm on a journey to become a mother myself. And so I want to do a lot more self-healing so I feel more prepared before I have this little being <laughs> that <laughs> will enter my life. And the last person I would say, her name is Gabby Bernstein. And she has really helped me cultivate a stronger relationship with the universe and creator. And she's not native, but the way she speaks is really easy to understand and very digestible. And I've taken a lot of her principles and applied them. And my spiritual, just my, the spiritual area of what I call, I talk about the medicine wheel a lot and medicine wheel teachings. And I've just really grown a lot in the spiritual sense. And it's really all because of this woman named Gabby Bernstein. How have you developed this? Um, the, the question is, how have you de- developed your career, both in college and post-college? Um, how has has this, I guess, developed along the way? Okay. I went to school originally to become a high school counselor. I went to Western Washington University, and I was a tutoring mentor on the Lummi Reservation. And so I was working with a lot of youth and I really enjoyed it. And that kind of piqued my interest of, I would love to be a counselor and I want to go back and work for tribal communities. And so that's what I did. I got a master's in educational psychology and immediately got a job at a tribal school in Portland, Oregon as their high school counselor. I was there for about three years. And then I got this amazing opportunity to join Nike and Seven. And I was really excited to expand reach across North America. And, but the job was very different than counseling. This was, you know, brand and marketing and merchandising and product. But I was at Nike for six and a half years. And in those six and a half years, I know the number's a lot higher now, but at the time, I think it was about $6 million that we raised that went back to indigenous communities to support physical activity. But it was there at Nike getting to be a part of brand and marketing that really like weaved together really well with my artistic mind. And so I was like, wow, I really enjoy marketing. And then since then, that's kind of been the trajectory of my career um, professionally. You know, soul curiosity is my little side passion hustle that I do in my free time, but I've always had a 
call full-time, put food on the table job. And so for the last few years, I've been a marketing manager. And more recently, I've been so excited to join American Indigenous Business Leaders as their Director of Marketing and Program Development. Oh, wow. That's that's fantastic. Congratulations. Thank you. I love it. <laughs> um, I, I do want to back up a little bit. I want to touch yeah. on N7. Um, for the, the listener who may not be aware of what N7 is, would you be able to um, talk about that a little bit? Absolutely. N7 is a brand within Nike. So Nike actually has these little sub brands like Jordan, for example. And so Nike N7 is what I call the, the native <laughs> brand at Nike. And it was started by Sam McCracken, who was working at the distribution center at the time at Nike. And he started the Native American group there and worked his way up to being a general manager. And he had this vision of helping tribal communities and inspiring them through physical activity. And so N7 actually has their own line of clothes. They work with a lot of indigenous athletes as ambassadors. They help kind of drive some of the product creation and storytelling. And more recently, they've hired a Navajo graphic designer who does all the design work for N7. And it's it's really amazing, actually, what they do. And it's all, they have this fund called the N7 Fund, and they're raising money to bring physical activity to tribal communities and to support that because movement is so important for our healing. I, I wanted to touch on that. Um, I've... I have an experience. I, I used to work at um at a BIE boarding school here in North Dakota. Um, mm-hmm. It's Native American charter run. Um, uh, I always have to preface that uh, because of what boarding schools are to our history. Right. Absolutely. Yep. Um, but we had a, a number of students in the evenings uh, that would get bored and get themselves in trouble. And uh, working there, um, I was trying to figure out a way to sort of uh, move their energies into different things. And mm-hmm. so we started this running club and initially it was uh, a couple uh, students and we'd go out and it was always at nighttime, you know, cause the, the kids would, what we call go AWOL, you know, get right. dark out, they get bored <laughs> out the windows, they go and we'd spend half the night looking for them. And I thought, well, you know, if they want to run, let's run. And so, you know, I take a group out and we'd, we go for uh, a jog or for, we go on these paths mm-hmm. and I think by the end of the year, um, half the half the the kids would go out and run, and as a result, no one was going AWOL, you know, because they got their fix. They go out, you know, we go stretch in the grass and just look at the stars and relax. Yeah. Uh, the next year, um, I had left uh, the school, and there was a staff person. I'm going to say her name because uh, she's an incredible uh, individual, Megan Blacksmith. Mm-hmm. Um, She's a Boston Marathon runner. Uh, she's she's done all these great things. Um, she took over the running club. And I want to, if, if memory serves me correctly, um, she contacted Nike and we they had received uh, all these N7 shoes for these students for this club. And uh, I was gone at this point, so the detail, I don't have the details to this, but um, it was really great that they had this running club. And I remember, and everyone was excited about these N7s when they came out anyways. Uh, but for them to be able to uh, have something from that was so special to both the students and the staff there. Oh, that's lovely. I love hearing stories like that. You know, N7 started with this walking shoe called the Air Native Shoe. And it was really meant to help combat diabetes and support, you know, there's a lot of diabetes in indigenous communities. And so they created the shoe that was actually wider because they went and measured 
people's feet and found that they were wider. And so traditional Nikes didn't fit their feet well. So they um, made this shoe called the Air Native. And then that morphed into other collections where they had running shoes, basketball shoes. And so I'm not sure which shoes, you know, what exactly you had, but it sounds like it (laughs) was well received. So how have opportunities uh, presented themselves to you over the years? I would say this is very interesting. Uh, 50% organic and 50% my hustle. And (laughs) what I mean by that is I believe that certain experiences are kind of predestined or meant for you. And those experiences and opportunities, they easily find you and they find their way into, into your life and they just feel right and they make sense. I'm also a bit of a type A overachiever. And so in my past, if I really want something or I'm interested, like I will hustle for it. I will, I have gotten a job, one of my previous roles, because I just emailed every principal at this architect firm and was like, hey, here's my resume. You should hire me. Really? I don't know. I mean, obviously I said it more eloquently than that. And and all three of the principals at this firm, they all gave me different answers. One was like, no, I'm sorry. The other said, uh, you're not really, you don't really have like the skill set for being at our, um, at our firm. And I was like, okay. But then this last one said, you have a really interesting resume. I would love to talk to you. And I said, great. So I drove three hours to go talk to this person and she was very kind. Her name is Jennifer Fleming. And, uh, she said, you know, I don't know what to do with you yet, but I'd really like to stay in touch. Well, I'm not kidding you. Within 24 hours, someone else had reached out to her. Um, it was a native-owned construction management company. And they were like, we're looking for somebody. Do you know anybody? This is what we're looking for. And she's like, I literally just met this girl yesterday. Here's her resume. Call her. And I get this random phone call. And they said, hey, could you meet us for coffee? I met uh, these two gentlemen for coffee I reminded them that I know nothing about construction, like nothing. And they offered me a job. And I mean, so that, you know, obviously it was kind of a, you know, not super direct, you know, it was her handing over my resume to someone else. But if I hadn't just, just literally emailed strangers and put myself out there, I would have never had that opportunity. So I really do believe in both. I believe that some opportunities are meant for you, like Nike and Seven just kind of fell in my lap. This job description came in front of me, and I thought, I'm not really qualified for this. I'm in education, but this sounds really cool. Why not? I'm going to apply for it. The worst thing is they don't offer me a job. And I just really meant that I was meant to be at N7 at that time and work with Sam, and I got the job. So, so yeah, kind of an interesting 50-50. I think that's great because I think um, a lot of young people, they they try to do the five-year plan thing. They try to like uh, shape everything at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I think a secret to it all is to be flexible and ready to change at a moment's notice because things, the path before you is, is really not seen at all. Absolutely. And one of the things that I would, advice that I would give younger folks is to focus more on how you want to feel in a job versus what the job actually is. And what I mean by that is so one of the things that I've heard about my resume is, wow, like you've had a lot of different experiences. I mean, if you look at my resume, it is kind of all over the place. And a lot of it is because I'm not so stuck on 
oh my gosh, I have to be this. This is who I think I need to be. This is what I went to school for. Oh my gosh, I better be a high school counselor for the rest of my life. Like it was scary to leave counseling because I remember thinking, I went to school for this. Am I ready to leave this? Because it's going to be hard to go back. But when I started focusing on how I wanted to feel instead of what the actual job is, then the right job started coming my way because, you know, it was like, okay, I, I want to work in Native communities. I want to feel passionate about my work. I need to be a little bit creative because that makes me happy. And so, like I said, by focusing on the feelings, the opportunities just kind of presented themselves instead of focusing on, I need this job because that might not be the right job for you. Can you talk a little bit about um, the, the business that you've started, uh, the work that you do there? With Soul Curiosity? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I mentioned that it's a side passion project of mine. I, I toyed with in the very beginning of, you know, do I want to make this my full thing? And I said, okay, we're going to take it slow. I want to see how this goes. But I quickly realized that that wasn't going to work for me. And as an artist, it can be hard for artists to just turn on creativity. We don't always just magically sit down and these brilliant things come out of our mind on paper. And when I put the pressure on myself to finish art and be like, oh my gosh, I got to get the next collection out. Ugh, two months have gone by, Tessa. You need to sit down and you need to start drawing. That's not why I started my business in the first place. And it was disconnecting me from the heart of the storytelling I was trying to do, if that makes sense. Like it wasn't organic anymore. It was starting to be forced. And, and I didn't like that because my stories and the reason I do art comes from this very authentic and natural place. And they needed to unfold when they were ready and not being forced. And that's when I realized that I wanted it to be this side thing that I did when I had time, because when I feel like doing it, I do it. When I don't feel like doing it, I don't have to do it. And that felt more fulfilling for me than trying to force it. Of course, the downside of that is I have a full-time job and, and life and other things going on. So I don't always get to work on it as much. And a lot of times I don't have energy to work on it when I really wish that I did. But I am happy that I've chosen to operate this business the way that I do um, because it keeps me engaged with it and I show up more authentically that way. Hmm. And would you be able to expand a little more on your current work um, and, and the position that you've just taken, if you can? Oh, you mean professionally with like ABLE or? Yes. Yep. Oh, okay. Yes, absolutely. So I have in November, I joined the American Indigenous Business Leaders and their mission is to increase the representation of American Indians and Alaska Natives in business and entrepreneurial ventures through education and leadership development opportunities. And I, I have a dual role there. My title's kind of <laughs> kind of a blend of many things, director of marketing and program development. So I'm going to be definitely working on the more obvious um, marketing aspect of ABLE is what we call it for short. But I'm also leading and overseeing this mentoring program, which is really exciting. So we received a grant from the, it's called ANA the Administration of Native Americans. I had to think about that for a second. And we received this grant to run a three-year mentoring program 
to focus on business leadership skills for college students. And so there's actually, we have, I think, 33 chapters right now. They're ABLE chapters that are at universities and Native business students are a part of these chapters. And so they get to, for free, really engage with these programs. And so this year I've got 30 college Native students who are going to go through my mentoring program. And I just finished the curriculum this morning, actually. We're having our first leadership retreat next month. I'm so excited. But the thing that I'm most excited about this is because of my passion for self-work and personal development, we're bringing that into business leadership. So I'm calling it holistic Indigenous business leadership because we bring our whole self to the workplace. And um, I want students to realize that it's it's important to focus on your your business skills and going to school and getting good grades in your classes and planning for you know what kind of entrepreneur you want to be. But guess what? You also need to work on yourself because all the stuff that you don't work on is going to show up in your workplace and you are going to be a healthy and more effective leader, communicator, and teammate if you are continually working on yourself. So we're really bringing this holistic kind of medicine wheel teaching model to this program. And I'm really excited about it. That's very exciting. What would you say to the 18 or the 22 year old that's listening to this conversation? I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but I'm going to reiterate it again, because I think it's really important is do things that bring you joy and passion. Um, do them not for others, but for yourself. And what I mean by that is when you're doing things that you really enjoy, that love exudes out and that's what's going to positively impact others. Um, Being mindful of the why you are doing them. Um, It's easy to fill voids and try to make yourself feel more worthy or good enough um, by doing, you end up doing things that you don't really want to do. And I've been guilty of that, of the past, of making decisions because I really was feeling a lack of and not feeling good enough. So I felt like I needed to achieve more. I needed to take this opportunity or I felt pressured into doing something that I really didn't want to do because I was trying to fill that little void up. And the more work that I've done on myself in the last few years, it's like, I don't have to prove anything to anybody. Like I am worthy and good enough as I am in any skills or anything that I learn from here on out is icing on the cake. And so just really step back and think about what really fills your cup and what really brings you joy and passion, because that's what our communities need. That's beautifully said. I I really enjoy that. (laughs) Thank you. Where where can our listener uh, connect with you or uh, find you uh, online? Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. You can find me in a few places, probably um, Instagram. You can find me, Soul Curiosity. I'm on Facebook, Soul Curiosity. If you'd like to find me online, um, it's actually mysoulcuriosity.com. If you'd like to go to my website, I have all my artwork there and a little bit more about my background um, so you can learn a bit more about me. We'll definitely put links in the show notes uh, for all this. So our listener can just click on it and check you out. So yeah. Tessa, thank you so much for this. This was an absolutely delightful conversation. Oh, miigwech. Um, I really enjoyed, I enjoyed this thoroughly as well. I appreciate you reaching out and wanting to hear what I have to share. Oh, thank you so much. 
And that does it for this episode of Five Plain Questions. I want to thank Tessa again for her time and sharing her story with us. Tessa is an amazing example of not permitting yourself to be what you originally intended yourself to be. She didn't box herself in by definitions of who she was when she was younger. She's permitted herself to adapt and evolve as a person and to move to the next evolution of who she is. And I have a feeling that if we come back and visit her in 15 to 20 years, she's going to be someone completely different in a whole different place. And I think that's a fantastic thing. And I think she serves as a great example that you, the listener, are not dedicated to the one thing that you might feel that you are right now, that you have permission to change the direction of your life and to change where you're going. Someone once said, and I think this is a great quote, that this too shall pass, both good and bad, right? Where you are right now in your life and what you're doing, this is going to pass. And where you are in five to 10 years is not going to be exactly what it is. Now, you may enjoy what you're doing and love the career that you're on, and I think that's great. But things evolve and things change, and that's not a bad thing. So talking with Tessa and listening to her story and her journey is an exciting one at that, because I think it gives us permission to turn the page, to change lanes as we move forward in life. She's an inspiration and she does great things. I mean, she's moved from one great thing to the next great thing. And so I'm very excited to hear the next chapter in her story. So I have a feeling that this is not the last we've heard of Tessa, and I look forward to the next conversation. I want to thank you for joining us and spending your time listening to what I feel is a very important story and perspective from our community. So please join us next time as we speak with another incredible person. I'm Joe Williams. You can find me on Canna, that's C-A-N-A-A, Creativity Among Native American Artists on Facebook, on Instagram, Twitter, across social media, and at the plainsart.org website. There you can see our programming, our past videos, and these podcasts. If you have a suggestion for someone for me to interview, please look us up on Facebook and message me. I'd really like to hear from you. Well, that's it. You take care, and we will see you next time. This has been an 11 Warrior Arts production.